Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome, everybody, to another brand new episode of It's My Wrestling Podcast. I'm, of course, as always, your host, Chris Dees. Before I get started, please make sure you hit the subscribe button if you're watching this on YouTube or the follow button wherever you're listening on audio platforms. Today's guest is a man I'm really, really excited to talk to. Um, I know a lot of podcasts say this about their guests, but genuinely, one of my favourite wrestlers growing up watching wrestling during the Ruthless Aggression era, especially um, former two-time Ring of Honor tag team champion, former three-time WWE tag team champion as one half of the self-proclaimed world's greatest tag team. He is, of course, the one and only Mr. Charlie Haas. Charlie, man, how's it going? Thank you for joining me. It's going good, and thank you for having me. And uh, I'd like to apologize to everybody for not hooking up with you sooner. And um, it's all on me, and I'm glad we could do this. So please, uh, I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, man, of course. Like I said, it's, it's, it's difficult when it's US to UK, figuring out time zones. I think there's three different time zones just in Eastern US. Like some guests are four hours behind me, some are five, some are six. It's really... We have uh, Eastern, Central, Rocky and uh pacific so four yeah yeah i think the, the the biggest time difference of any guest i had was 10 hours behind me i think that was was that canadian time maybe or mexican time that may be uh maybe going over uh, hawaii maybe i don't know yeah yeah i think it might have been hawaii yeah yeah something like that it's crazy crazy we're not even that far we're literally just over the other side of the water it's not even not even yeah, that I, I, I love traveling to england to wrestle um because it's uh, like you said, it's it's like an eight hour flight maybe, yeah. um, and it's uh, it's it's you know I it's I just go to sleep, wake up, it's great. Um, <laughs> but no, I enjoy. I, I mean, I've really had some of my the best times have been in England. Um, whether it's wrestle for WWE or for uh, um, Charlie Rage had a, a promotion I used to wrestle for out there. He brings me in, so mm. it was. Uh, yeah, lots of pretty much every guest I've spoken to that's been to the UK. They all say the same thing. Always say that we've got the best crowds, that they love coming over here. It's, it's just a shame we don't get it very often, especially yeah, at the you know, minute with COVID and coming out of COVID and stuff. It's been hard. No, I understand it, but you're right. The crowds are the best. You guys have the – you guys bring the spirit of uh, when you guys are at the football, <laughs> football games. We don't have yeah. that. 
you guys have the cheers, the songs, and, uh, and that's, what, that's what we love coming about. So it's because every every event's like WrestleMania or the Super Bowl for us because we don't get it very often. When we do get it, we just go all out. We just go all out and enjoy it as much as we can. Um, but yeah, no, like I said, man, thank you so much for joining me. Um, one one of the first things I wanted to ask you about is actually something that's, that's obviously just recently happened. I mentioned in the intro there that you spent time in Ring of Honor. I think you were there for a few years. You were there alongside Shelton Benjamin as well. Um, <clears throat> what do you make of, of what's just happened to Ring of Honor? Obviously, we've had some really sad news the last few days. Basically, um, all of the roster's been released. It's crazy. Yeah, it's it's sad, man, because, uh, you know, I, I firmly believe that this is the best time to be a, a wrestler and a wrestling fan. Um, with internet, with uh, the pandemic, everybody was starting to cut the cords and using internet TV, which I never thought would take off, but it took something like the pandemic to hit. And so the, everything's like um, internet TV took off, like Pluto, Plex, Crackle, um, and we're getting uh, and with with those channels that I've just mentioned, so a few of them, um, you have like Fight Network that's being displayed, yeah. and then on top of that, you have you got every promotion that's out there that has their own wrestling station now, like yeah. um, PC Ultra. Um, there's MLW, there's uh, AAA, there there was Ring of Honor, Impact, uh, NWA, um, you know, and there, there's a actually I see a, there's a federation that wrestles like in a bar in England that we see over here all the time. So uh, I'm not sure which one it is, but it's like, no. there's not much room. It's just like th- there's the bar and it's, you just see one side of it. And they just go out. <laughs> um, right. but, but, but anyways, what I was trying to get to is that there is plenty of, you know, there's plenty of, uh, there's plenty of channels out there now and they need content. So there's, so a lot of these, uh, a lot of these wrestling sh- promotions are picking up, um, no, they're picking up their production. They're turning it. They're meeting the demand of the TV. Uh, they're meeting like, the the specs that they have to meet, and they're being produced at a high level. And it looks really good. So it's giving all the wrestlers from all over the world a different platform to perform in and to to hone their craft, to learn how to work it in front of a crowd, so that they can you know make it to the you know WWE or AEW, um, or you know it, it's sad because like that's good for for all of the uh, for all those other promotions the pandemic was bad for um, Ring of Honor because Ring of Honor was owned by Sinclair Broadcasting, which is uh, it's a major, major television company um, or multimedia company, but they rely on the cable and they rely on they, they, what they do. They have syndicated TV. So all the antennas that they own, that's where Ring of Honor would play at. And yeah. they would have to go out and they would broadcast, you know, as far as those antennas would reach. But, you know, with the pandemic and people cutting the, you know, the, the um, costs, people weren't um, sponsoring or they weren't paying for ads. Or, and that's how they, those companies make money. So for 18 months, they had, you know, they didn't, they didn't have any type of production or anything for the wrestling, but they were able to keep the wrestlers afloat. And, um, and you know, um, so they were able to keep the wrestlers, they were able to keep the wrestlers, you know, healthy and they're able to pay them. But it finally caught up to where you know it it it, um, it hurt them in the long run. So yeah, yeah, and like like you say, you've got to take your hats off to Ring of Honor because they they could have just gone on a hiatus. 
didn't they? They didn't have to keep paying everybody. They didn't have to keep putting out a product, but they put out a great product. Um, <clears throat> but like you said as well, there are so many avenues now, so many different promotions, whether they be smaller promotions or or the, the sort of like the top four or five. There's so many places. I've already spoken to a few guys from Ring of Honor and they've already started picking up like indie bookings and, you know, like smaller shows. So they're, they're all going to be fine. There's a lot of very, very talented people in Ring in, of Honor. In the lot- a lot of these companies are working with each other, like um, AEW is working with Impact, Impact, MLW. Yeah. And so, you know, they're all working together. So, and people can make a living now, you know, not, not like, you know, they're not making millions, but they're, they're able to, to live. And um, yeah. so they'll, they'll be fine. There's some great talent there. Um, now I'm working for some promotions. Um, we'd like to bring the Briscoe brothers in or Jay Lethal or, you know, Kenny King, um, you know, just to name a few. So. Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. They'll all be fine. They'll all be fine. I'm sure. Um, so, right, let's let's move on to what um, what I think it's safe to say most people tend to remember you for your your time in WWE. You were in WWE for quite a few years. Very fondly remembered for your time tagging with Shelton Benjamin, like I said at the start there, um, and alongside Kurt Angle as well as part of Team Angle. So when you when you first I know you were sort of like doing your training and you did a few matches here and there, but then you just hit the main roster and you were straight into a program alongside the likes of Kurt Angle, alongside guys like Brock Lesnar, uh, Chris Benoit, if I remember rightly as well. What was that like for you? Because you don't like I say, people didn't know who you were. You were just burst onto the scene and you were wrestling alongside all of these top, top names in a really prominent position, pretty high up the card as well. Okay, well, before that, I was uh, I was on the independence for about five years, and uh, my brother and I were so we we're the Haas brothers, and uh, WWE signed both of us. And uh, Team Angle was supposed to be Russ, my my brother Russ, myself, Shelton, and Kurt, and then right. my brother died. So that's why um, you know they, they um, Russ and I were like we were probably one of the best tag teams, brother wise, um, and we we were held the Jersey All Pro and the CZW titles on the independence at the same time. This is right before Ring of Honor even started. Um, you know, we broke in low-key, Brian Danielson, all them on the Indies. Um, so we, we had a good name, a good reputation. Jim Kettner, who started the Super 8, that it polished us up and got us ready for WWE. Um, you know, we were supposed to hit it sooner, but then my brother died. So it kind of put everything on hold for about a year. And then once uh, once we got – once Shelton and I um, – Vince wanted, uh, you know, Shelton and I to be trained by Arne Anderson – to click, to make it, you know, to make us the world's greatest tag team or to make team angle legit, because uh, I don't know if you've ever seen any matches with my brother and I, but it was, it was like Shelton and I, but, uh, you know, or Russ was, the, was the acrobat or the athlete like Shelton is. And I was like the, uh, the pounding ground on the, you know, just the, that. So. Well, um, what was it like then being, being paired with Kurt Angle straight away? Cause obviously he was already pretty, even at that stage, he was already a legend. He was already sure to be a, Hall of Famer. How did he help you guys to develop? And I know you'd already but, been resting for a, a good five or so years, but how did he get you in sort of like that WWE frame of mind, that TV frame of mind? Um, well, you know, a lot of I think I, a lot of that has to. So I have to thank uh, Jim Cornette for that. Um, okay. You know, when we were at OVW at the Developmental League, um, you know, we're on we're TV, and also I was in Memphis too with uh, Jerry Lawler at the Memphis Pro, Memphis Championship Wrestling, another developmental league. So we were doing live, you know, it was live right there. You, um, it wasn't live to tape, it was live. So whatever you said or whatever you did was going live right there. Um, so, we, you know, we had a good two years of uh, experience of working in front of TV. 
um, how to how to work the crowd, how to uh, know when the commercials are coming in, knowing when to go home. Um, so th they they really have you prepared, and they, they would if they didn't think you were prepared, they wouldn't put you on TV. But uh, Kurt and I, to answer your question, Kurt and I go back. You know, since college, um, I, he was Olympian, man, and I was uh, an amateur wrestler, and I was uh, always wanted to aspire to be like him. For not this had nothing to do with pro wrestling; it was just be amateur. Yeah. And um, so you know, I'm from the state of Oklahoma, which is you know wrestling's God there and uh, amateur wrestling is, and, and he's from Pennsylvania. And that's a, that's a, another state, you know, Penn state and uh, Oklahoma state, man, they're, they're two of the heavy hitters when it comes to amateur wrestling. So yeah. he's always a good rival. Um, but Kurt and I have always been good friends. And uh, man, he was like a mentor. He would just like, you know, teach you the, you know, he, he knew we had the work ethic because of our amateur background. I knew who we were, yeah. but he just how to slow down, how to pace, you know, um, when to turn it up. So he was able to coach us and, and, and give that, give pass that knowledge on to Shelton and I. Yeah, and how about that time with Shelton? Because like, like you say, like Arn Anderson trained you guys, and it you guys just had so much chemistry. You looked like you would wrestle together literally your whole lives. It was just magic. What was Shelton like to work like? And and I'd be interested to know what do you make of the way that Shelton's been used in the last few years? Because he came back to WWE straight back into another tag team. With um, with Chad Gable, very similar to yourself, similar sort of style, um, and he's not really been used particularly well the last few years, has he? Are you still in touch with Shelton? Yeah, he's uh, he's one of my best friend, and uh, and I we talk all the time. He's the godfather to my daughter. He's in my he's the, my oh. best fan of my. Um, he is, uh, you know, he um, he's getting paid, so he, yeah. you know he's uh, he's he survived the cuts. Um, but you know, they, they have other plans for him. I think in the future, he'll probably be an instructor or coach, especially with them signing all the amateur wrestlers from, uh, like, uh, Gable Stevenson that won the Olympic gold medal for us from university of Minnesota. Yep. Um, and a few others like the Steiner's um, son. Um, and there's a couple others that they've signed and they may use something to, you know, when they decide it's time for him to retire to, to coach, um, if he wants to, um, you know, I think, uh, I'm happy for Sean. I'm, I wish I wish they would have they would, would have ran with the hurt business and kept it going instead of breaking it up and then bringing it back. Um, they had a lot of momentum and they, and they and they really helped the company during the pandemic. So I was really hoping uh, I was happy to see that him and Cedric back on TV. Um, and I mean, I, I just want the best for him because he deserves it. I'd like to see him have a singles run. I, I'd love to see him get the world championship. You know, that way he could, it would definitely he would uh, definitely be that it'd be an extra feather in his cap and that it would definitely guide him towards the uh, hall of fame. I think he talked about that. Yeah. yeah. I think he, even without it, he's, he's surely going to be in the hall of fame. And I'm not just saying this again, because you're here, but growing up, he was one of my favorite wrestlers. One of the, one of the best athletes that I think the company has ever had um, in terms yeah. of what he could do and his athleticism in the ring. And even now, yeah. even at his age now, what's probably early forties, I would imagine. Yeah. He's like mid forties. He's uh, yeah, yeah. 44. But he is, uh, he's, he's a tremendous athlete. The difference so is now that uh, back when we were wrestling, he really never worked out. He was just that God gifted. Now that he's older, he's working out. But now he's even better. So, yeah, and he's definitely like you say, if he can pass that that um, knowledge and experience on to the to the future when he eventually retires, I think he's he's got a job for life, surely in WWE as definitely. a trainer or a coach or an agent or whatever it might be. There's not many people better suited to that than Shelton. Um, so obviously, I meant, obviously I've talked about the fact that you tagged with Shelton. That's what people most fondly remember you for. But you've also tagged with the likes of Hardcore Holly, Viscera, Mike Knox, Rico, some really 
bizarre names like not not the type of names that i would have associated with you you also had a few singles runs but WWE always seemed to put you back into tag teams was that something that you did you ever feel any frustration for that did you want to have more of a single run to show what you could do i think uh you know i think you know they they signed me as a tag team specialist uh they we proved it with shelton and i rico and i um i i think they uh Man, I, I think that's what they saw me in. You know, they, they didn't sign Charlie Haas. They signed Charlie Haas and Russ Haas, the Haas brothers. Um, and, uh, you know, and when they when Shelton and I were, were split and then uh, Rico and I split, um, you know, they uh, I kept going back in the tag teams, which is fine because that's what I'm good at. I, I feel comfortable with. Um, it wasn't until really until I got to the uh, – when I was over in Japan or on the independence that, uh, man, I, I started feeling comfortable in the uh, – as singles. It's totally two different styles, totally two different um, – uh, what do you call, um, not styles, but uh, psychologies, you know, the psychology is totally different. Um, and I really felt, and I, you know, I finally figured it out that when I wasn't a tag team, I was like, oh, man, okay, now I'm single. So I got to come up with all these new moves, a finisher. I got to, I got to be, I got to, you know, everyone, I can't do flips. I can't do acrobats. I'm, I'm just, you know, there's so much pressure on you. And then I'm saying, Arn Anderson told me, he's like, Charlie, once you just quit worrying about the moves, and just worry about the work in between, you're, you're going to get it. And that finally clicked. You know, of course, it was after um, it was after WWE, but that's that's the truth. And that's what, if anything, like I'm opening up a wrestling school and uh, like I'm coaching my kids. I have an amateur wrestling school. But I, I tell the people that I, that I mentor or that I'm, I'm working angles with on the indies that, um, hey, don't worry about the moves. It's the work between the moves, how to get there, how you interact with the crowd. Don't worry about A through Z. Just try to go out there and, and, you know, and call it off the fly. And, you know, it's, it's pro wrestling. It's supposed to look like a fight. It's supposed to, it's not going to look pretty, you know? So, yeah. 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 So you, I, I didn't know that you, you had a school that you were doing training. Mm-hmm. Is that something yeah. you just started recently? Have you been doing it for a while? I've had the amateur wrestling school for a good five or six years. We're oh, one no. of the top, we're one of the top kit teams in the country. Uh, we have, it feeds into the high school, Allen high school, which is just won their 12th straight state title. Um, and then uh, out of that, my kids, my, my sons wanted to get into pro wrestling. Um, so I, that's why I got back into it. Um, and so my wrestling school, which will be with the amateur wrestling school, will probably, it's going to open up at the end of November. And I'm going to specialize in tag team wrestling. I'm going to try to teach the heels to go back to, um, you know, that's the problem is I look at the tag teams today. The heels want to out-wrestle the, the baby faces. They want to have their moves to be flashy and fancy. The greatest tag team ever is Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard. And, I, and you can't, you can't, you can't even tell me what what was one double tag team move or what what, what was one tag team move that they did together that was double. I, there wasn't one I can think of, but they knew how to work body parts. They knew how to cut off the ring. They knew how to get heat. They knew the psychology, but they did, they weren't out there trying to outshine the baby faces. You know, yeah. and I think that's what that's what's lost today in uh in tag team wrestling. So yeah. um, I was fortunate to have Jerry Briscoe and Arn Anderson, you know, coach me in in uh with with the uh, tag team. So. I have that knowledge to pass on, but um, yeah. So the the pro school will be opening up in about. It's gonna be open up at the end of the month. So. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, like you say, yeah, Arn Anderson. It doesn't really get much better than that. If you want to be trained in tag team wrestling, it really doesn't get any better than Arn. Um, you're right about tag team wrestling. Like it's all. It's what got me into wrestling. It was around TLC two sort of time, Mania seventeen, when I really got into wrestling. Tag team wrestling just appealed to me, and it's just. 
I don't even know what it is anymore. There's hardly any tag teams left. They just, especially if you're talking just WWE, there's a lot in AEW. They do it really well. I, I think sometimes they've got a bit too much going on in the tag division. You get too many 5v5 matches. WWE, man, even if, if you look at the women's tag scene, there's one women's tag team and they're the champions. There are no other tag teams because they're obsessed with just splitting teams up. I don't, I don't get it. It's like Vince doesn't see money in tag uh, here's, here's what Vince uh, – here's what they, we were told towards the end when they split Shelton I up. Um, Vince doesn't like tag team wrestling. He looks at it, he looks at it as an added, an, added, an added expense. As You're paying for an extra guy on the road, an extra guy in the hotel room. Um, he really doesn't like it. Um, and he, he changed a lot of it where it used to be you'd have two guys bumping and feeding for the comeback. You only wanted one guy. Um, you know, he, he changed uh, – he, he really changed it. And, um, and a lot of people, you know, Arn gave, threw his hands up in the air. Arn's like, man, this is like – I know it better than anyone. I was trained by Ole and Gene. He goes, and, and you, so I guess you've been telling me all these years that we've been doing it wrong. You know, so, <laughs> you know, it, um, so when the agents – like him, who have one of the greatest minds in the business, and he's like, what is, he, what is going on? You know, then you you know you start wondering you know, what is going on. Um, not, I mean, you know, you're right though. The, the there's been I can when you're you're talking about 2002 with the tag teams. I think that was a great time, and I and I think before that, if you go and this is going back way before you, but uh, when I was a kid growing up in the 80s, I got to watch Arn and Tolly Blanchard, the Rock and Roll Express, the Midnight Express, the Fantastics, the Fabulous ones, the uh, Guerreros. Uh, the dynamic duo, Chris Adams, Gino Hernandez. Uh, I mean, and, th- and those, and they were all over. Like you'd see those different territories: Mid South, World Class, USWA, um, Georgia Championship Wrestling, World Championship Wrestling. And those tag teams meant something, you know. And then, you know, fast forward to 2002. Then you had, I mean, the Dudleys, the Hardys, Edge and Christian. Um, you know, the New Age Outlaws. Um, I mean, if I forget, I'm forgetting anyone. I'm sorry, but. Those, I mean, those are great tag teams. And then you go to ECW. You had the Eliminators. You had the Dudley Boys there. You had the Gangsters. Um, you had uh, uh, who else did you have? Um, um, forgetting um, a Public Enemy. I mean, you you had some tag teams, and it meant something, you know. Uh, just like Ring of Honor, their tag teams meant something. When I felt when we were there, we wrestled Kings Wrestling. You know, um, I mean, that's how passionate I love the tag team stuff. And I, you know, I was a fan of it before I became one. Yeah, and it, what's mad is if you just think back, what I don't know, thirty-five years, it it main evented WrestleMania, a tag yeah. team match main event. So Vince obviously knew that there was something about it, and then just as time has gone on, I don't know. He's, he's just it's just weird that it's it's almost like was there one thing that changed his mind? I don't know. It's it's strange. It's bizarre, very bizarre. Um, to touch on on your singles runs again, I had to make a little list because there were so many. John Cena, JBL, JR, The Great Carly, MVP, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Bret Hart, Mr. Perfect, Jimmy Snooker, Roddy Piper, Undertaker, Hogan, and even Beth Phoenix. All the different people that you impersonated. Um, That was a really fun period where you were impersonating different wrestlers and coming out and doing your thing. How did that come about? Was that something that you pitched it? Was it somebody else backstage? Did you have much involvement? It was Johnny Ace. Johnny Ace, John Laurinaitis pitched it character you always wanted to see i think, I don't know if they were setting me up to fell for it or whatever try to get me out of there but um but i embraced it like man, you know what they told me who i was gonna be nice man i went out 
and I studied, I got all the stuff and I, I tried to, you know, I tried to honor them. I didn't want to make fun of them. I wanted to honor those, those, those heroes. And that's what I tried to do. Yeah. You always seem to be having fun. That's what I'll yeah. say. You always look like you were having fun when you did it. Did, were you, were you given much freedom in just, like you say, go out and do whatever you wanted to do? Or were, was it quite involved from Johnny or Vince no, or anybody? I had, uh, uh, they gave me freedom. They wanted to see if I was going to drop the ball or sink or swim. But, um, hell, I want to slam me with it. I wanted for, you know, the, uh, <laughs> the Haas or whatever it was called, the Glamour Haas or whatever. But, uh, no, it was, it was, it was, I enjoyed it, man. I mean, uh, you know, if you can't make fun of yourself, who can you make fun of? So, yep, exactly. You got to laugh at yourself. Absolutely. Um, especially in wrestling. Uh, like I said, I really enjoyed that period. I really did. Um, I want to go back to Ring of Honor a bit. I know we talked about it right at the start. Um, I've mentioned it a few times. You were there for about three years, again with Shelton, um, winning the tag bouts twice, like I said. What was your time there like and how did it compare to being in WWE? Because obviously this was at a time where Ring of Honor wasn't really taken seriously. The last few years up to the present day, they they became more of a force and they had a wave of momentum behind them. But back then they were just seen as sort of like a bush league. So what was it like going from the sort of like the big dogs down to a company like Ring of Honor who do things very differently? Well, it was um it was like a breath of fresh air because Jim Cornette was there. He was he was writing it. He was writing everything. Mm-hmm. Um and uh and and that and he always had our backs. So he he thought he's like man they. No, they just released me, and then I'm like, and I'm like, man, I, you know, I was like, man, I hope they release Shelton soon because you know he he deserves better, um, and, and they did. And then uh, Cornette called us, and he's like, don't sign with anybody because Kurt was trying to get us over to TNA to reform Team Angle because you know we own the rights to our name, so we could use them. Um, yeah. So uh, so Kurt, um, so Jim's like, just don't do it, please. He's like, I got something big, and. Um, and so our first our first um, match in the Ring of Honor against the Kings Wrestling was actually Tyler Black's or, or uh, you know um, Dean Am- oh, not Dean Ambrose um, uh, what's his name Who, who's the, Tyler Black the, the champion right now or was the champion um, Rawlings Seth Rawlings was Seth Rawlings oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. so Tyler Black was Seth Rawlings and Seth Rawlings was leaving to go to WWE and we were coming out and we just were, and that was our first match so we were on the same card together. And I wished him well. I knew he was going to be a big star. I mean, they, you know, they, they're pretty good about, and I think Regal has his pulse on ROH a lot. Um, so, you know, they brought Brian Danielson in. They had, uh, they had success with, um, you know, CM Punk. Um, they've had success with, uh, somewhat with Loki. But, you know, they knew getting uh, Tyler or Seth Rollins and Ambrose eventually that they were going to, they're going to have something special. So, um, you're right. We're on the, they were on the upstart. They were getting ready to be, you know, if not the second best, maybe, you know, maybe the third best. They are the third best, you know, but I thought they were right up there and running with uh, impact. And at this time, Kerry Sulkin didn't sell it to, um, you know, he was still the owner. He didn't sell it to um, uh, Sinclair Broadcasting, Joe Coff, until about maybe six, seven, eight months later. So. So many good names, man. And you've only touched the surface there. Like you got Kevin Steen, you got. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Yes. Cole, Sammy Zayn. It's just been a conveyor belt. El Generico, you know, Rain, um, you know, I mean, yeah, Kenny King, uh, Red, Red Titus, All Night Express, I mean, the Briscoes, I mean, people don't understand, like, my brother and I, we broke the Briscoe brothers in, we were their first match, um, we just, it's, you, you guys go to YouTube, watch Haas Brothers versus the Briscoe Brothers, we jumped the Briscoe Brothers, we handcuffed the dad to the, um, to the ring, and then we put her, I put the mom in this, in a wrestling hall, my brother came off the top rope with an elbow on her. 
and the crowd went, it was in there, Jim, the crowd was jumping the rails. Like they did not know what was going on. It built, it built up to an angle to where we had the major blow off at a uh, university of Delaware. And, and this is an independent ECWA, Jim Kettner's ECWA who did the super eight. Do we put over a thousand people in there for just being a small independent and uh, bus loads of people to show up just, just to see them kick our ass, which, so, and it, that's something we'll always cherish, but that's on YouTube right now. So we've got you guys to thank basically for, for making the Briscoe brothers. One of the greatest tag teams of all time, I think, the Briscoe Brothers. Oh, I definitely do. Um, I don't know if we made them, but I think we introduced them. <laughs> you helped them. You certainly helped them on the way, yeah. <laughs> um, I want to I wanna touch on, you said obviously you came back out of wrestling um, and you're involved with your, your sons who are wrestling now as well, getting into the business. So SWE Fury, um, I think it was, was it after your second retirement that you came back to join SWE? Uh, are you still like, current heavyweight like, champion? It's, it was my uh, first retirement. I was like, I, was, I mean, I next. I was done. Um, and uh, yeah, as of right now, I'm still the current champion. I'm the, so I still got the title. So, um, so was yeah. it was it more SWE that made you come out of retirement, or was it so that you could work with your sons because they showed that? Um, it was. Um, it was. I was with Rob, Robert Langdon. Told me who owns Texoma Pro. He goes, Hey, we're, we're gonna we're gonna induct you into the Hall of Fame. We need you out here. I'm like, All right. Um, so I went out there, and when I was out there. SWE was running that weekend and uh, Teddy Long and James Beard were there. And they're like, Hey man, we want you to come out and try SWE. We, we need a strong heel. And, and uh, you just never were given the platform to be you. And I'm like, look, I'll do it. But in, and I, I gotta, I gotta thank Robert Langdon because in this time before I retired, I was, um, I was working just for Texoma pro and he gave me the platform to say what I wanted to wrestle the way I wanted. And, you know, I didn't, and I never had to ask for forgiveness. I just did it and call the match I wanted. So I learned a lot that I learned exactly what Arnold was talking about, the work in between. And that's what I did. I, for those three years, I'd never, I never, I would show up just late, just as the show is starting. So I wouldn't have to talk to my opponent. We just go right to the ring and wrestle so that we could. Look. And um, because I'm not one of these guys, like, okay, we got to go to a spot. I, I hate that because if you mess up, how do you go back to this? Yeah. I got to listen to the crowd. Um, and because of that experience, I was able to get into um, SWE and it worked. It clicked. I don't know. I mean, it just, it was the good timing. Um, it clicked. And, um, and, that, and because of that, we started these kids camps. And um, now like my son's 11 to nine, uh, they're really good amateur wrestlers, but you got to see that on Hannibal TV, if you go there, you can watch their, their matches. Like they're better than most of the workers on TV. And I'm not, I'm just, I'm not joking, man. I mean, this is unbelievable. So it worked. Oh, it's because work- they've got you training them. That's why. Well, you know well, their mom was a wrestler too. So. Well, yeah, of course, of course. Um, what um, th- was that something? I know I've spoken to a lot of wrestlers who've got kids that are, are sort of like showing interest. Some of them didn't or don't want their kids getting into the business. Some of them do. Did you always want yours to get involved? No, I, I wanted them to go into amateur wrestling, which they are. And they're very, Russ is ranked number one in the country. He's unbelievable. Chuck's in the top, he's in the top. Um, but um. I wanted them to, to get their, to use wrestling, amateur wrestling, to get their college paid for, to pay for their education. And that, and that's, that's the ultimate goal. Um, I, you know, they would go to the wrestling, they'd get in the ring and I would be like, all right, let's go. And they're like, no, come on, dad, show us. I'm like, no, no. So really seriously, I, I use it as punishment. If they misbehave. I'm like, you know what? We're not going to the ring tonight. There's no pro wrestling tonight. And then they sorry, we're sorry. So I've never really pushed them into it, but they were always around it and they would see, and I mean, it's amazing. They're like sponges. They absorb so much so that when, if you watch the matches they've had lately, you'll be like, man, these, these kids, they're timing. They, they, they don't rush anything. It's like, you can tell, it's like Randy Orton told me, he goes, Charlie goes, man, he goes, I grew up watching. I was always with my dad and my grandfather. 
He goes, he goes, remember when we were in OVW and it clicked for me? I was like, yeah. He goes, he goes, he goes, and that's going to happen. You're just around it. it naturally happens. No. Mm, mm. And that's another, that's another, like the names that you're naming, the people you've learned from and the, the advice you've taken from someone like Randy Orton, one of the greatest of all time, still in the business now, still at the top. Right? And you've learned from some of the absolute best, haven't you? Yeah. I mean, I've been in the ring with, with the Triple H, Shawn yeah. Michael, um, Undertaker, Kane, um, you know, Hardcore Holly, Billy Gunn, who is the best creative seller in the business. He, he, he is a natural athlete, but he creatively sells where he needs to be. Um, you know, I, I've been in the ring with Cena. I've been in Umaga. I mean, Umaga, you know, him and I were in the development. We found my brother dead, and he was he became my brother. And, like, all those the pop-up Samoan, uh, Samoan drop and the, the ass to mouth that, that running into the, the – I was the guinea pig for all that. I'm the one that – he, I was a test dummy. So, I mean, so when I watched Jacob Fatu, the Samoan werewolf, I'm like, I mean, I almost cry because it looks like, it looks like a younger Eki um, doing all that. Yeah, man, absolutely. That's it. Uh, Again, Ishii, that's a, have a family. Yeah. Uh, I've been, you know, with Ishii, the Tonga kid. Um, I mean, you know, um, Bradshaw, Ron Simmons. I mean, you're right. I, I've been blessed to, in the people that had trained me, Arn, um, Arn Anderson, Jerry Briscoe. Ricky Steamboat, Steve Kern, uh, Fit Finley, Dave Taylor, Regal. I mean, so, you know, I have a lot of that's been passed on to me. Maybe I wasn't very successful as I wanted to be when it came to singles, but I have a lot of knowledge for tag team wrestling, which we did hit the pinnacle. Right? And I have a lot to give to, you know, people that want to get there. And I can, t- I can tell them, hey, do what I didn't do, and that you'll probably be successful. So, Yeah, and, like, I always think, like, it doesn't – Championship bouts are great and being at the top of the card is great, but there's been so many Hall of Famers that weren't world champions. Like, you don't need to have held every title 10 times over to be one of the greats. Like you said, you will will probably go down as one of the great tag teams of WWE. You know, you're always in the list. You're always in, like, top 10 lists. Like I said, you were one of my favourite teams growing up. It, you don't have to have all of the gold, all of the belts, all of the money, all of the accolades to be a great. That's 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 what I think anyway. Um, Thank you, I appreciate. It. To to touch back on, obviously, we've mentioned amateur wrestling quite a bit and college wrestling. I know that you were you were a high level college wrestler, and a lot of those guys, especially these days, tend to go down the MMA path, the UFC path. That wasn't so well. It, it was popular, but obviously, UFC is at massive heights that it was never at in the sort of like mid two thousands. Would you have gone down that path maybe if they were more popular? I know Kurt Angle himself has said that he wishes that it was, you know, he would have loved to have done it if it was a bigger deal at the time. Would you have ever gone down that route? Um, you know, would I have tried it? Probably, yes. Um, because I, I love that combative spirit. And, you know, in amateur wrestling, man, it's only you out on the mat, you know. Um, but I'm such a fan of pro wrestling. That's why I got into amateur wrestling. Um, so I would have, I probably would have, uh, probably would have tried both, um, and stuck with whatever I was better at. But, um, at the time, like you said, um, UFC wasn't even, you know, um, uh, what's his name? Um, the, the Farida brothers did not buy it yet. It was still, you know, it was still up for sale. Uh, pride was just ending and uh, the Monday night, Monday night wars was the hottest thing. So wrestling is where you wanted to be. It was the coolest thing at the time. Um, and that, and that, I always wanted to be it. So, you know, when ECW was hot, WCW and, um, and WWF at the time. So that, and I was out on the East coast wrestling and, um, and there was, and the independents were, were smoking out there. So, 
yeah, I mean, I, I, I we, we came in at the right time for pro wrestling. And it was, if I wanted to be a UFC fighter, it would have been a, like a, it would have been a pioneer, like, um, you know, probably like, um, what was his name? um, uh, uh, Randy Couture or, uh, you know, yeah. or, you know, um, those, the people that really paved the way for the UFC. Yeah. Yeah. And hopefully it would have gone a bit better than CM Punk when he tried. It doesn't always work out, does it? <laughs> no, but you know what? I gotta, I gotta, I gotta tell you though. Um, he, he took a, you know what? Like, people can say whatever they want, but he changed, you know, he, he, he never, he never wrestled. He never was in a combative sport. Yeah. Um, he wanted to be a pro wrestler, but for him to change gears and change, you know, say change avenues to do what he did and to put the time in and to go out there, knowing that it was against all odds where this kid has probably been training, you know, jujitsu or wrestling or Muay Thai, you know, since he was little, you know, since, you know, it, it um, it says a lot about his, uh, Testudical for I mean test I don't know his fortitude you know it says yeah. a lot about his fortitude my hats off to him because anybody get in the ring to fight at that high of a level I mean you know what I mean you you, you got to be a tough son of a bitch so I'm I'm happy for him yeah man absolutely like how many people on Twitter that made fun of him would have actually done it themselves I wouldn't right <laughs> you know, I, I never made fun of him. so I wanted him to succeed um I just uh you know. It, you know, MMA, the foundation of MMA is amateur wrestling. It's because it, it all ends up on the ground and you can take a really good amateur wrestler and turn him into a good, a, a decent mixed martial artist. Um, yeah. This Johnny Hendricks, who went to my high school, you know, a big rig, Johnny Hendricks, good friend of mine. Um, you know, he, we have the same high school coach. He was UFC champion, you know, three-time All-American or national champion mm-hmm. in Oklahoma State. So, um, you know, there's a, you know, he, he, Kurt Angle, you know, He'll testify that, you know, there's a lot of good amateur wrestlers out there that, you know, that that did make it, you know, Bellator, UFC or whatever. But now it's starting to swing this way. Gable Stevenson won the Olympic gold medal, University of Minnesota heavyweight national champion, which is going back for his second national title. And, um, you know, he just signed with a multi-million dollar deal. So they're saying it's in the range of $25 million over seven years. You know, um, his brother signed. Uh, won a D2 national title signed. Um, and, uh, the, there's a brother tag team too. One of them wrestled for university of Duke. Kusan. So, you know, people are saying, you know what, man, we can make some big money wrestling pro. So maybe they're going to get away from WWE and they're going to head that way this way. So, I mean, they're going to get away from UFC and head this way. Yeah. Yeah. Very good wrestler, Gable Stevenson. But what, what do you think his chances in, in WWE are like? Cause obviously with the WWE machine behind him, surely he's going to be a big deal. Like he's obviously got the skills, but. Have you ever spoken to him? Do you know him at all? Have you ever interacted with him? I don't know. Has he got any sort of like charisma or? The good thing is he's a fan. He's been a fan his whole yeah. life. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He always thought something Brock and I and Kurt who paved the way. You know, guys like um, he went to the University of Minnesota because Brock and Sean went there. And that and they have a, oh, right. uh, they have a package of heavyweight. The heavyweights to go there become national champions. Um, Shelton was the heavyweight before Brock. He coached Brock. He, he took third twice. Brock won the national title. Um, Gable Stevenson won the national title. It's uh, it's it's the um, it's it, that's where the heavyweights go if they want to be a national champion. Um, and that's because of Marty Morgan, who's the coach or that helps them. And Brandon Megan, the, the uh, head coach there, who was Shelton's roommate in college, it's a hell of a wrestler. It was a national champion. So he's built a really good program off the, the back of uh, Jay Robinson. But um, you know now there's a chance for everybody to um, you know to amateur wrestlers to to get a chance to, to shine in, on the pro field, the pro level. Now, will they all make it? I, I don't know. Um, but I think Gable Stevenson will. Yeah, because he's a fan. 
is very well spoken. Um, and he, uh, man, he's athletic as all get out. He can do standing backflips. I mean, um, he's, he, um, and he's got the work ethic too. And he's a, he's a big guy. Yeah, absolutely. Big things, big things on the horizon for him. I'm excited to see what they do. A lot of people are obviously already saying, oh, he's just going to be the next Kurt Angle. That's fine. If you want to make another Kurt Angle, I don't think he'll be against being the next Kurt Angle, one of the greatest of all time. Like, that's fine. No, you know what? And he's the type that will, that will, you know, he'll honor Kurt, but he's going to be one, he's going to want to be himself. Yeah. He's going to want to be. Of course. Of course. Absolutely, man. Um, Right. So, I want to I want to finish off by by asking you about what you're up to at the minute. I, I noticed in the last couple of weeks that you've started your own podcast, the Haas Pod. Yes, what sir. can you What can you tell us about that? Because I know you've got a couple of co-hosts there, haven't you? I think your your first guest was uh, Jazz and Rodney Mack. The Jazz and Rodney. Um, so my, my podcast, yeah, you know, I wanted to be different from everybody's. Um, I have a lot of connections in the amateur wrestling along with the uh, pro. So it'll cover all aspects of wrestling. Um, I'm trying to bring, you know, I'm trying to bring both, both, um, both wrestling groups together. Um, one week is going to be pro wrestling. The next week is going to be amateur. One week is going to be pro and the next week is going to be amateur. I'm going to be talking to the, uh, I'm going to be talking to the coaches of um, the head coaches of the top, like Iowa, University of Minnesota, Penn State, Oklahoma State. I'm going to ask them what they look at in a recruit. What what type of athlete are they looking for? Do they want someone that's that's clicking, or do they want somebody that, that that's rough around the edges that they can mold into that that, that brand? And then I'll I'll go down to the high school level and I'll talk to the coaches. How do you keep these kids motivated for four years and keep the grades up to make sure they got to hit that that SAT mark and those those standards on their grades for them to to get accepted to those colleges? You know. Yeah. Um, and I'll talk to the Ivy League schools, you know, because they're really trying to, uh, you know, they, they got they got some great programs, but it's very hard to get in. Um, and then, um, and then, and I, then I'll go back, and I'll, you know, and I'll be talking to the pro wrestlers, you know, um, you know, the, my mentors, um, amateur wrestlers that became pro wrestlers, um, you know, basketball players became pro wrestlers, football players. But you know, and we'll talk about the stories we had, you know, and the good times, and also dive into being on the independents for five years at Jersey All Pro and CZW. And, you know, bringing in the Bristol brothers and playing the tapes. Remember when we did this? Remember that? And, and you know, and letting people know about, you know, wh- how I went through the, you know, I broke in with Loki and the hit squad and uh, Samoa Joe and, you know, the, the, the Charlie Haas they didn't know about. And introduced them to Charlie and Russ Haas, the Haas brothers that they never saw. And I got all those tapes to play. So, and um, so, you know, it's, I got my work cut out for me. Um, but in the, in the same time, I'm going to be bringing along the Junior Wrestling Association. It's the it's a new association that'll be with my school, but it's going to be concentrated for kid wrestling from nine from ten years old to fifteen. I'm going to teach the kids how to pro wrestle, but they won't go outside the ring. They won't go off the top turnbuckle. Um, there'll be no power bombs or any type of spine busters where it's going to give them a whiplash and then try to protect them. But um, I want them to learn to if they want to be a pro wrestler, why not start when they're young? Learn the timing. Learn how to work in front of a crowd. Um, and I and if you guys go and watch my two kids, I think I've done a pretty good job, you know, at that age. Yeah, man, that sounds really cool. I like, I like, I genuinely like the sound of that, like a, a bit of a different perspective. Like off the top of my head, there are a million wrestling podcasts and it's hard to break through, but I don't think there's any that really cover, or, or certainly not many that cover amateur wrestling and college wrestling. So that could be, that could be quite an interesting listen. I'll def- I will je- definitely uh, check it out. When's the first episode? Has that been released along with Jazz? We did Rodney and Jazz last night. Um, that's going to air today or tomorrow. And then, uh, I got Rick Delegato, the head of the New York athletic club. 
Uh, he was a four-time U.S. Open champion. He was a, a three-time All-American at University of Kentucky. He is going to be my first guest for an amateur. He's very, he is very well regarded. Uh, he's a two-time Olympian, and um, you know he's on the USA board of wrestling. So he he's going to talk to us about what they look like, what they do after college when they want to prepare them for the Olympics. And because the New York Athletic Club, they they, they sponsor the most Olympians uh, for the U.S. team this year, and they had which they, most of the New York Athletic Club members or those team members were Olympian uh, place winners, um, either silver, bronze, or gold. Um, and, you know, so he's going to tell us, like, what is so different and how they train at a different level. We're in college. We're always thinking three moves ahead. And then at the Olympic level, it's five to six moves ahead and how you have to be right on. So um, it's going to be a different perspective in what they look at. So I'm looking forward to that. And, uh, you know, and it's, it's – it, it's like I said, I got my work cut out for me, but it's gonna be fun. So Yeah, man. Honestly, it sounds it sounds really interesting. It sounds really good. Um so that was um is it the Haas the Haas pod? The Haas pod. Um the Haas pod, uh wrestling's greatest um podcast. So wrestling's greatest podcast. Make sure you check that out, guys. Uh Charlie, before I let you go, is there anything else you want to push? Anything going on with SWE at the moment? Any any big shows coming up? Then um right now, uh SWE, I guess, is on hold. Um I'm working for uh, you know Rodney Mack and Jazz. They have their uh, pound for pound, the, the dog pound. Um, it's a hell of a promotion down in San Antonio. Um, and uh, you know, right now I'm just wherever I go, my 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 two kids go with me. I just get them in the ring so they get experience. Um, they're usually opening up the card for everybody, and uh, that's taken off. And um, man, it's um, you know what? It, it's just good to be back, and it's uh, man, it's just it's good to be with to see my friends again. You know, Carlito and. Uh, and, um, you know, I've been working with Kevin Sullivan. Uh, somebody that's an honor to work with him. Great mind in the business. He's actually teaching me how to book since he's the last living link to uh, Eddie Graham, who's one of the greatest bookers ever. So um, right now I'm, I'm, I'm really working on the aspects after wrestling, you know, and building a future. So Very cool. Very cool, man. Charlie, thank you so much for joining me, man. It's been, <laughs> we've been trying to sort this out for a while. I'm glad we managed to finally do it. I really appreciate your time. Um Guys, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Really appreciate you you doing that as well. Um, you know where to find me. I'll all be at the top of the screen here, all in the bio as well. I'll drop in some links for everything that Charlie's been talking about, like the Hoss pod, everything going on with SWE as well, and his social media links. It's been a blast. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you again, Charlie. Oh. Yeah, man. Absolute, absolute pleasure. Absolute pleasure talking to you, man. Um, and until next time, guys, we'll see you again on It's My Wrestling Podcast. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.